0: talking point continues with me Jamil I mentioned that I was going to get Miss Coquette so Moeti on she's the founder of Amandla.mobi we were going to be talking about um, the concerns that she has in gun free South Africa around the South African police that still uses or still carries with them the R5 rifles. Um, so we are we're still trying to get a hold of her. So in the meantime, Alvi Lester, Eskom's provincial head, has decided to come on a little earlier with me. Alvi, a very good evening. Thanks for joining me on Voice of the Cape.
1: Salaam
0: alaikum Jamil, alaikum salam to all the listeners as well. Eh? Wa well, alaikum salam, you <laughs> very much for that. I, mean, I want to kick off with, you know, we know that at uh, Escom here in Quebec, there, there, there has been a problem. Um, but then I also heard this morning that for this week we might not be having load shedding. Load shedding is going to be with us for a while. But So I thought I'd pose these questions this evening. And uh, when we look at the one at Quebec currently what is the problem there and what is the situation?
1: Okay, so yesterday morning at about, uh, just after 9, Jamil, you know, uh, the uh, Unit 1 at Kubrick, the uh, generator transformer, actually had a fault on it. Um, and the automatic sort of response from Eskimo, uh, as well as from the pr- the, the protection system at, the, at Unit 1, is to actually switch off the reactor. There was no risk to the public in any way in terms of, firstly, you know, the nuclear reactor itself. Um, but secondly, the impact on the on the national grid was not significant because we had plants that had come back over the weekend and yesterday. So although the unit is switched off um, yesterday, and about 900 megawatts left the system, there was sufficient capacity from the other units that had come back. The guys were busy on site since yesterday. They're actually still busy today. The decision has been taken that we would actually bring that unit online, hopefully later this week. And then it is planned for a scheduled uh, refueling outage and maintenance outage on the ninth. So we're going to stick to the date of the ninth for the maintenance, and we will bring the unit back later this week to make sure that there's capacity for the weekend as well.
0: Okay, Ali, any truth in it? I'm certain on one of the radio stations I heard this morning that there could be, um, there could possibly be no load shedding for this week. Was that a fact?
1: The situation is always going to be tight. While we're doing maintenance, um, it is quite tight. What we have managed to do is get the balance right today and the weekend. But I must also say we are using additional plant to do that. We are using OCGT, we are using hydro, etc. I think it was very difficult for me to say that the prognosis for the rest of the week is that there's no load shedding. Um, what we do is every day in the morning at about 6 o'clock, we look at the prognosis for the day ahead. And we generally let the public and also some of the key stakeholders know what is the prognosis for the day. Mm. Today there was a a low risk of load shedding. It was a little tight over this evening, the peak. Um, But I think we've, you know, we've not through the peak yet. Um, But so far it's been fine. Um, So we do a day-to-day prognosis.
0: Okay, then that brings me to a point. I I believe there are Eskimos released new schedules. Um, I've heard from the city last week already uh, that they've also introduced it, but they had complaints from consumers who they supply. Um, people are <laughs> saying you know that um, the way the city was doing it was to some seemed unfair and the city said okay she's, uh, they are now um, doing dif- differently from escom uh, y- you know when we look at new schedules, um, why was this introduced and um, or maybe you could share some of uh, the differences with us at the moment are we? okay.
1: So the two primary reasons for the new schedule for Eskom, and it's only Eskom in the Western Cape that has made this change. The rest of Eskom still retains its old schedules. Eskom in the Western Cape has made some changes. The two primary reasons, firstly, the city and Eskom share certain supply areas. So we share networks in Montague Gardens, in Dalst, in Somerset West Solaris Pass, uh, parts of Gordons Bay, etc. And when the city changed the schedules, one thing we didn't want to happen is that on the shared networks, we didn't want customers to have a different experience. Mm-hmm. So when customers were going out in Montague, the city's customers, we wanted to make sure that the Eskom customers were going out at the same time, so the whole of Montague would then go out at the same uh, time, which uh, makes logical sense for mm-hmm. the Montague area. And that was one of the reasons we, we, did, we then changed our schedule. The other reason is that we also wanted to make the schedule more equitable and predictable. So we haven't gone for full equity or full predictability because it's almost impossible to get that. But it is a much better arrangement than it was in the previous schedule. If you look at the differences in the schedules, the previous schedules ran from 6 in the morning till 10 at night. These schedules are on a 24-hour cycle. Uh, This schedule runs on a four-day pattern. So what it means is that customers are on for two days and then they will be shed for two days. And then they'll be. And this is in stage one. Mm-hmm. Um, so previously people were on for one day or for one day, on for one day or for one day. So what we've done is we've changed the pattern slightly. Uh, some of the key considerations in the schedules for Eskim in the Western Cape was we considered the economic impact. So we definitely looked at what the customers said to us. And we've tried very really hard to accommodate as far as possible where we could. Um, some of the requests the other very important factor is that we've considered what we term the red areas which are high crime areas and we've tried to make sure that those areas particularly where where we have the stats from from the provincial saps that indicate that the area's uh, crime is quite high that we don't shed them after hours because it actually leads to an increase in crime and our plan is actually to keep them in the daylight hours and just some of those areas that we've considered would be, typically in the Eskom supply area, would be Kaya it would be Eitzig, it would be Alfies River, it would be Philippi, it would be Browns Farm, etc. And we will review this in a few months to see if it's working, and then also then again check the SAP stats to see what the current statistic looks like in those areas and if there's any changes in other areas.
0: Also, um, you know, I was reading over the weekend. uh, um, There, there are well. Let's let's put it this way: the city of Cape Town is now embarking on new energy energy projects, and I believe there are independent companies that do generate um, energy. uh, And you know, from Eskom's side, um, is there something that would be endorsed by you?
1: Well, is always looking at uh, different, uh, or in, in changing its, its its actual energy mix. Um, the decision around independent power producers and renewable energy is really a Department of Energy decision and not so much an Eskom decision. The part that Eskimo plays is that the energy that is produced by these IPPs are then sold to Eskimo, uh, through a regulatory framework in terms of what we pay for the cost. But yes, I think we constantly support the. Uh, of independent power providers and there's a number of renewable projects that have kicked off and are generating and actually we purchase from them uh, over these periods we've actually purchased from
0: them. The other point would be, and I know from from, from, uh, Eskom side and from the city of Cape Town, appealing to people to cut down on you know, unnecessary usage of power. Let's say at the the residence, uh, lights burning and uh, I couldn't help notice in my neck of the woods, a guy had, uh, you know, on on his security wall around his his property, but he had built into the wall lights all around the property and this was on. Uh, You know, when when we look at things as as consumers, I'm assuming that you also expect us to play our role and then the other thing I need to ask you, really should be asked, it of the city of Cape Town and uh, this is with your the street lights that remain on during the day now I know the reason for that the city has told me once before that's to prevent um, the the stealing of the cables with within those poles or something to that effect but um, these are things and um, are they unavoidable
1: I, I think uh, yes you're right 100% I mean, We we we, we definitely support that consumers and customers of Eskom and the city, any electricity, electricity consumer, actually looks at more efficient ways of using electricity. You know, the the, the problem that Eskom sits with um, in terms of supply and demand can definitely be affected by how people use their energy, their electricity. So we are constantly asking people to be more efficient, switch off what you don't use, you know, consider alternative options for heating. Um, you know we've got a whole host of i d m initiatives and and I think we will probably as long as we're in the situation we will continue to to educate create awareness and ask people to do these things. Mm-hmm. If you look at the street lights in particular um, i think it's also it's really a factor of of, of our historical design um, if you look at new design, especially if you're looking at overseas countries, some of the options that they look at is to actually have daylight switching. Uh So the light actually switches on only at night. Um, And I think you have that technology for the household as well. I think what people don't understand is that the light itself goes off, but the energy is actually still flowing. Mm. So it doesn't change the energy consumption, but it switches the light off during the day. The only way the energy is saved is if the energy doesn't flow to the light bulb at all. And, and that is a risk because once that energy stops flowing, and we've seen it in our own networks as well, we have these guys that go in and they will take any piece of metal off. And I think the city then faces the same problems where light bulbs or pieces of light bulbs are actually taken stolen. So there is, there is a risk um, in, in that the, the equipment could be stolen, but at the same time the consumption is definitely higher when you leave the lights on. Mm.
0: I've also just a little earlier this evening speaking on load shedding, I also just reminded our listeners, it's also advisable to, if you are having, uh, experiencing load shedding in your area, advisable to switch off appliances, would would that be a recommendation?
1: 100% right, I think you should come and work at (laughs) (laughs)
0: this. That's what I heard from somebody.
1: (laughs) No, it's a right thing to do. You see, the the energy must be considered live all the time. So when we go into load shedding, we tell people, switch off at the wall socket. Mm -hmm. Because when we switch back, what people don't always uh, consider is the fact that there is a surge that comes through the system because all the energy starts flowing almost simultaneously. So there is a surge, and a lot of the time when, when the appliances are left on, you find that they actually, because of the surge, they actually get damaged. What we suggest people do is just leave one light on and switch all the other appliances off. If the energy or the electricity comes back, that light will go on. But if you leave all the appliances on, there is a high risk. So we tell people to consider the equipment live and rather switch it off.
0: Okay. Alvi, just just before I wrap, uh, just to refresh our memories again, uh, the... Uh uh, the uh, unit that went out at Kubrick over the weekend. Um, when is it expected to be up and running? And then also, just before you wrap, give us a website where we can check out these schedules.
1: Okay, so the unit is Unit 1 at Kubrick. Mm-hmm. Um, we hope to have it back before the end of this week. And so it should be at full capacity hopefully by the weekend, okay. to, to give up that space over the weekend. If people want to access the city's uh, website, they will have to go to the city of Cape Town. Mm-hmm. and there is a low shedding there is a low button on their website for the Eskom load shedding schedules, especially the ones in the Western Cape. There are a few ways to access it. One would be to go to www.loadshedding.escom.co.za. Okay. The alternative is by Wednesday we will have a hard copy in all the community papers. All right. Beautiful. that will be available to, to the communities. We mm-hmm. also have copies available at our walking centers as well as at our vending stations.
0: Beautiful. Alvi, be on that note, I'm going to leave it. Thanks very much for your time with me on Voice of the Cape uh, this evening and have a pleasant evening ahead.
1: Afwan and shukran,
0: Afwan shukran. Thanks very much. Alvi Lester, the Eskom's provincial head. <laughs>